and that he has a carnivorous desire for your acquaintance. In the grass there lay an empty fruit can, cast there by some former sojourner. Givens caught sight of it with a grunt of satisfaction. In his coat pocket tied behind his saddle was a handful or two of ground coffee. Black coffee and cigarettes. What ranchero could desire more? In two minutes he had a little fire going clearly. He started with his can for the water hole, when, within fifteen yards of its edge, he saw, between the bushes, a side-saddled pony with down-dropped reins cropping grass a little distance to his left. Just rising from her hands and knees on the brink of the water hole was Josepha O'Donnell. She'd been drinking water, and she brushed the sand from the palms of her hands. Ten yards away to her right, half-concealed by a clump of sacuista, Given saw the crouching form of the Mexican lion. His amber eyeballs glared hungrily. Six feet from them was the tip of the tail stretched straight, like a pointer's. His hindquarters rocked with a motion of the cat tribe preliminary to leaping. Givens did what he could. His six-shooter was thirty-five yards away, lying on the grass. He gave a loud yell and dashed between the lion and the princess. The ruckus, as Givens called it afterwards, was brief and somewhat confused. When he arrived on the line of attack, he saw a dim streak in the air and heard a couple of faint cracks. Then a hundred pounds of Mexican lion plumped down upon his head and flattened him with a heavy jar to the ground. He remembered calling out, Let up now, no fair gouging! And then he crawled from under the lion like a worm with his mouth full of grass and dirt, and a big lump on the back of his head where it struck the root of a water elm. The lion lay motionless. Gibbons, feeling aggrieved and suspicious of fowls, shook his fist at the lion and shouted, I'll rest you again for twenty. And then he got back to himself. Josepha was standing in her tracks, quietly reloading her silver-mounted thirty-eight. It had not been a difficult shot. The lion's head made an easier mark than a tomato can swinging at the end of a string. There was a provoking, teasing, maddening smile upon her mouth and in her dark eyes. The would-be rescuing knight felt the fire of his fiasco burn down to his soul. Here had been his chance, the chance that he had dreamed of, and Momus, and not Cupid, had presided over it. The satyrs in the wood were no doubt holding their sides in hilarious, silent laughter. There had been something like vaudeville, see Signor Givens in his funny knockabout act with a stuffed lion. "'Is that you, Mr. Givens?' said Josepha in her deliberate saccharine contralto. You nearly spoiled my shot when you yelled. Did you hurt your head when you fell? Oh, no, said Givens quietly. That didn't hurt. He stooped ignominiously and dragged his best Stetson hat from under the beast. It was crushed and wrinkled to a fine comedy effect. Then he knelt down and softly stroked the fierce open-jawed head of the dead lion. Poor old Bill, he exclaimed mournfully. What's that? asked Josepha sharply. "'Of course you didn't know, Miss Josepha,' said Givens, with an air of one allowing magnanimity to triumph over grief. "'Nobody can blame you. I tried to save him, but I couldn't let you know in time.' "'Save who?' "'Why, Bill. I've been looking for him all day. You see, he's been our camp pet for two years. Poor old fella. He wouldn't have hurt a cottontail rabbit. It'll break the boys all up when they hear about it. But you couldn't tell, of course, that Bill was just trying to play with you.' Josepha's black eyes burned steadily upon him. Ripley Givens met the test successfully. 
He stood rumpling the yellow-brown curls of his head pensively. In his eye was regret, not unmingled with a gentle reproach. His smooth features were set to a pattern of indisputable sorrow. Josepha wavered. "'What was your pet doing here?' she asked, making a last stand. "'There's no camp near the White Horse Crossing.' "'The old rascal ran away from camp yesterday,' answered Givens readily. "'It's a wonder the coyotes didn't scare him to death.' You see, Jim Webster, our horse wrangler, bought a little terrier pup into camp last week. The pup made life miserable for Bill. He used to chase him around and chew his hind leg for hours at a time. Every night when bedtime came, Bill would sneak under one of the boys' blankets and sleep to keep the pup from finding him. I reckon he must have been worried pretty desperate or he wouldn't have run away. He was always afraid to get out of sight of camp. Josepha looked at the body of the fierce animal. Gibbons gently patted one of the